Good morning, and welcome to our MomQ summer podcast series called Practicing the Presence of God in the Chaos of Summer. Over the next couple of months, we're going to be talking to busy moms of all ages who will share how they maintain continual fellowship with God and rest in His peace each day during the routine absent summertime. Thank you for joining us. Well, good morning. Today I have with me my friend Amy Benchener. I have known Amy since she was in high school, and it's been a privilege to watch her blossom into a successful, godly woman. She's a wonderful mom and wife, and truly a pillar of her community, as you're going to see. Um, Of course, as is often God's way to mature our faith, Amy has been through some pretty significant challenges in her life. But as she's leaned into God for strength and courage, she emerged to be a bright light for Jesus. She's going to share a bit of her story with us, and I know you're going to be encouraged by her faith. So welcome, Amy. Thank you. Good to see you, Candice. It's great to have you here. So Amy, let's let our listeners get to know you just a little bit. So why don't you tell us uh, about yourself, what you do, your family, that sort of thing. Absolutely. So I have been married for 15 years as of a couple weeks ago to Uh my cop college sweetheart. Um, We have two kids and one is 11, 11 11-year-old son and an eight-year-old daughter. So they keep us quite busy between sports and activities and all the things. Uh, But it's, it's a fun, busy, we're just loving every moment of it. So that is my home life. Uh, we ha- I also work at Villanova University. I teach marketing and nonprofit classes. So it's, it's just the joy of my life to get to encourage young leaders to be impactful in their communities. So that's, that's a wonderful piece of my life. And then the other hat that I wear is I am involved in a lot of nonprofit organizations. I sit on a couple of boards from a a trafficking rehabilitation organization and our local PTO and also a missionary organization as well. So I like to keep a lot of plates spinning (laughs) off. Sometimes they fall, but I love to be involved in a lot of different projects. So that's so exciting. Yeah. It's, I understand you are a type A and you can handle a lot and God has called you to these clearly called you to these roles. And so um, that's awesome. Um, Okay. So we're in the midst of summer. It is uh, our series. We can, or continuing in our summer series on practicing the presence of God in the chaos of summer. And I don't know about you, but I just got back from vacation and it was hard to Mm -hmm. practice the presence of God. uh, And I don't even have kids. So you know, what uh, do you guys find challenging? What do you find challenging in the summer uh, to stay connected with God? And how do you overcome that? So I am a routine person. I do appreciate a routine. And I think that being close to God and taking time with him, I am, I'm in a better space with a routine where you wake up in the morning and it's your routine for the day. I also am working on the summer though, just allowing grace, room for grace in my life. Mm. So, so being, finding the joy in the lack of schedule and the conversations about God on the way to basketball camp, like I had this morning, 
with my daughter. So awesome. finding, finding those organic opportunities within this space that you don't normally have during the very scheduled school days during the year. So oh. uh, trying to be open, trying to keep that, that kind of those conversations flowing and allowing questions to pop up. We had a lot of questions last yesterday about what do our houses look like in heaven, you know, and that'll just <laughs> come up as we're driving. So I just love those opportunities. Uh, but definitely crave routine, but just trying to allow God to work in the space in the summer. That's that's so good. I love you talking about that organic opportunities. That was something that was really precious to me too. It's just being able to com- converse with our kids and have that relationship and we're discipling them. That's what you're doing as you're having those conversations and making time, having margin for those. And that you're right, the summer is is a good time for that. So um, that's very encouraging. So is there anything else you guys do in the summer to have some uh, time for God and to continue that discipleship? Absolutely. So my kids are a part of the Awana program, which is a program that's worldwide that encourages Bible memorization. So we find that due to our kids' sports schedules, they don't always finish their book during the school year. So we use the summertime to finish memorizing those verses for each grade to catch up to get to grade level within Mm. Awana. Uh, I grew up going to Awana and so many verses will come to mind from the first three words because I learned them at age eight. So I always appreciate the opportunity Mm -hmm. for my kids to do that as well. So we, we do that. We pray regularly and just try to seek these little moments together as mm-hmm. well. And I'm sure you do vacation Bible school, you know, take advantage of those types of things as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. We're yeah. almost ready for sleepaway camp with church and all of those good things so mm-hmm. next summer. So mm-hmm. that'll be exciting. Yeah. You know, I really like you talking about the Awana program and the importance of scripture memorization and how those verses will come back to you throughout your life in those situations. And that is such a great segue into our verse of the week, which is Psalm 73, 23 through 24. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into your glory. So that verse is so great about just being close to God and how, what he can do for us when we seek him and have that relationship. What would you share with our listeners about what this verse means to you? Absolutely. I love this verse. I think I'm a person who loves a different translation and just looking at what words mean across different uh, contexts and things like that. So as I look at this verse, I just think, I just see the tenderness of God. You Mm -hmm. see how he is with us through hard times and holding us by our right hand, by the right hand, as a mother would with a little child as you cross the street. I just think Mm -hmm. of that tenderness, um, especially in times of difficulty. I also Mm -hmm. love, I love that word counsel in the second piece, you guide me with your counsel. I think we think of counsel when spelled that way as a legal term. And when I looked it up, you know, in my, in my Greek Hebrew Bible, counsel is talking about leading wisely and tenderly. Mm. So 
really the difference between leading from a ru ruling or from a legalistic perspective, but leading to love, to tenderness, and then getting into the blessing, leading us to blessing, really splendor and glory and honor. And I just love that image of a father guiding us by the hand through good and hard times mm -hmm. and bringing us to that blessing, that honor, the splendor. Um, so That's so good. That. That's so good. Yeah. It just, it's, you know, it's amazing. Even when we go through hard times, sometimes we don't maybe feel God right away. And we, sometimes we get upset or we want to know why. Um, but this verse is a promise, right? It's a promise that he's going to get us through it. And we need to just trust him and lean on him. And I, I just love what mm -hmm. you said. So when I know you've been through some tough situations, Amy. Um, I walked with you in the time when you lost your father um, many, many years ago when yeah. you were still quite young. How old were you? 22. Yeah. That's a really tough time. Uh, you were, were you graduated college or still in college? I graduated and he saw me get my first job offer at Johnson & Johnson. He was so proud, big businessman. Um, and my brother was 18, was moving into college, and he got sick in August of 2005 and was in heaven by November 2nd of 2005 of pancreatic cancer. So that was a, a very formative, challenging time. I did, I, I saw God's hand in the grace with which he walked us through that time. And I'm always eternally grateful that though it was terrible, he was 49, he's too young, it was a, a, it's a vicious disease. Uh, God woke me up the morning that he died and mm. I could, was restless, couldn't sleep. I'm a great sleeper, so I knew, <laughs> I knew that there was a reason. And I went for a walk that morning and was just praying for my dad's health. Uh, we had had some good news a couple of days prior that looked promising. And I felt like God said the words to me, the Holy Spirit said, he's done. Mm. And three hours later, he passed away. Um, and I felt, I knew in my heart that he had just completed his race here on earth, that God was accepting him with open arms. And I have always appreciated the calm of that morning, walking through our beautiful historic new town where God, the Holy Spirit, made me feel at peace about what was to come later that day. So there was just so much grace from your husband, Jaime, coming to the funeral in <laughs> South Carolina, and just so many family members and church family coming together. Our friend was being ordained that morning, and they stopped the, the uh, service in, in that ordination ceremony to pray my dad into heaven. So just a beautiful example of the Holy Spirit and God guiding us by the hand and the family of Christ wrapping around our family mm, as mm. we went through that, that traumatic time. So, you know, and that's, that's such an amazing, I mean, the verse says, you will guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me into your glory. And I think about your dad because I knew him for uh, about 10 years and watched him walk with Jesus what an um, amazing man of faith he was. 
and God chose to take him young. But like you said, he, he was, he was welcoming him in and you felt that peace. And that's, I just, that's, that's what it's all about. And I just love that so much. So thanks for sharing that. Um, and you know, and, and that's such, I love how you're talking about how people came around you because there's so many blessings in hard times and tragedies that, you know, we, we can sort of see in the moment, but really it's when you look back, right? Yeah. You you were able to see it in the moment though, but a lot of times it's when you look back. Yeah. So that's really good. Um, so that wasn't the only difficult situation that you went through, although that was that was a pretty pretty tough one. Um, you also uh, went your daughter, your daughter uh, Addie, mm-hmm. was um, struggling health wise from well, really it was from birth, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she she was born, and as they check out your baby, make sure we have ten toes, ten fingers, all those good things. They had heard a murmur in her heartbeat, and some some murmurs are normal at birth and resolve on their own, but hers did not resolve when I was getting checked out from my C-section. We were ready to go home, and I asked them to keep her a, a couple hours and try to figure out what was going on. I didn't feel my soul was at unrest with the situation, leaving with a baby mm-hmm. with a possible heart condition. Uh, so a couple hours later, they came back and said, we can't rule out that she does not have a heart issue. It's not an emergent thing, but we want you to go home, get set up with a cardiologist and review and see what, what needs to be done. So I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. So my husband went to work that day. I went to the cardiologist with this baby myself uh, nothing better than trying to get a, a one week old to sit for an ultrasound or an echocardiogram. Oh my gosh. <laughs> EKG, all that good stuff. Uh, we made it through and uh, she, the, the you know, wonderful cardiologist came in and said, your daughter has two conditions. She has a hole in her heart, an atrial septal defect, and she has something called a partially anomalous venous return. He said, your daughter will need heart surgery as Mm. she grows somewhere between two and four years old as her heart's a little bigger. He said, you know, it's not an emergency, but if she doesn't get the surgery, by the time she's 40, she'll have a cardiac event and she'll be unable to keep up with normal exercise and physical exertion. So we... Yes. Let me stop you for a second. So how did you feel in that moment when he told you that? Devastated. It was so hard to hear this sweet little love have an issue like that and not feel semi-responsible. You know, could I have eaten more spinach during my pregnancy? (laughs) Uh, Something like that. So, and wonder why we were given this and and think about how hard it would be to give over our little baby to be operated on. And what was interesting is my husband and I grieved it at different times, which I thought was interesting and then have come to learn that's very common in marriages that you'll feel emotions at different times. So I felt I grieved it immediately for several weeks while postpartum, all the hormones. Mm -hmm. Uh, So and 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 just really would pray and hold her and cry and and just realized that God 
has this. There's nothing I can do for her except find her the best heart surgeon we can find in the best hospital in the country. And then it still is up to God to, to heal her and to have mm. this procedure heal her. Um, I had been praying for her heart since she was a baby because initially it's in my stomach because they initially didn't hear a heartbeat on her first ultrasound. Wow. So I had the chance to pray for her heart in utero, uh, which I think God gave me the opportunity to again, feel that there might be an issue with her heart to be praying for it. Heartbeat had come online in the pregnancy, but her heart had been prayed over since week five of the Mm -hmm. pregnancy. Hmm. So I'm just so grateful. And through that praying, it, I felt a peace in my heart about her being fine, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And wow. that ca- carried me through that time. And I'd only heard that voice as strongly when my dad had passed that he was done. And now I was hearing that she feeling that she was going to be okay. And what a comfort that was in wow. that time. So that's really a great example of just practicing the presence of God because you sat with it. You had, he'd already, I mean, what a beautiful story that he led you to pray for your daughter's heart from the beginning and you participating in that and being prepared and then, you know, him just guiding you through as you, as you sought him. And, um, I know I mean, I guess that's basically how God revealed himself to you during that time. Yes, absolutely. Just just a comfort and a peace and a she'll be fine. She's fine. Uh, words just echoing through my heart in that, in that time. And so, yes, that was a, a huge comfort as it got closer and closer to her surgery date. Mm-hmm. So tell us about going through the surgery. What was, what was that like? So she... Before surgery, she had a pre-op check-in, did a lot of blood work, found out that she had a condition that would make it difficult for her blood to recover from such a surgery. Oh my goodness. We prayed, we found out three days before, prayed, 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 found a, a, a hematologist from CHOP had seen her case, called us up and said, I have a medicine I can give her for three days that I give to my cancer patients and it'll stabilize her white blood cells before surgery. And she should be able to have the surgery after all. Uh, That's that's a miracle right there. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And we had to drive every day and and get her a shot and get blood work for a two-year-old. So that was not her favorite time, but we were Mm -hmm. so grateful. It was successful and she had taken Addie's case so that we could do this. Uh, we had lined up the best surgeon in the world for the surgery who was about to retire. Oh my goodness. So we did not want to push him out uh, for that surgery. So she was finally cleared blood wise and and everywhere else wise, all good to go. So the day, the night before the surgery, we tried to give her the best night. We, she's eating cake. We rented a bounce house, you know, just trying to make it just a sweet, grandparents, all the people there are celebrating Aww. her. So she went in uh, just having a great, having had a great night. So, so that morning we drive to, we live in Philadelphia. So Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, we're so lucky to have in our backyard. 
Um, mm -hmm. And we drove down, admitted her. <laughs> she, my sweet little love, is allergic to just about everything. So it turned out to be allergic to the calm medicine that they give kids before surgery. Oh of course. So they, rather than a sweet, tearful, hugging goodbye, she had to be rushed back very quickly to surgery. So that was a hard, a hard moment because they had to reverse that medicine that they'd given her. Um, the hardest part was that when she was on the bypass machine, the heart and lung machine that was breathing for her. So we had all been sitting in a room just praying as a family with my brother and the grandparents and my husband and I, and, and we prayed for the 12 minutes that she was on bypass. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was not breathing those 12 mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. And we got a call from the nurse that said she's off of bypass. She did great. And now mm -hmm. for the next little bit, we're just going to close her back up and you'll be able to see her in a couple hours. And what mm -hmm. a relief that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you're you're that's a huge example of just trusting God in in the really deep hard places when you just release your daughter her actual breath of life. Right. To him. To him. So right. that's amazing. And you know, I even think I've heard people talk about when they send their child off to some kind of surgery and that experience of just you can't do anything from then, you know, until they're, while they're gone, it's, they're completely out of your hands and, and just, you know, that the lean that you can do two things, you can lean in and, and trust God, or you can just live in fear and, and that's not a good place to be. So I love what you guys did. The, the, the example of all of you sitting in that waiting room and just praying and just trusting God. That's, that's just a beautiful uh, visual. So how would you say your family grew from this experience? Yeah, I would say that, first of all, we, the reliance on God was, was probably, probably the most at that moment in our lives versus any other moment in our lives, just fully trusting these people and God to work together to heal her through a really challenging time. We were just being able to be fully reliant on him, especially when, you know, the chips are down. And, and as a person who can generally solve a lot of challenges, I couldn't do anything about this one. Mm. So, so the need for control had to be fully yielded with open hands. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge, huge piece of growth there. Um, we also were asking for prayer for her, from our community. We aren't, don't tend to be very public with health things or, you know, challenges in our lives. I think that's an area of growth. And it was the first time that we had reached out in a peer, in a place of asking for help, for prayer. And what a blessing it was to receive that. So we, we had asked for prayer all over all of our networks, prayer chains, prayer chains, aunts and uncles and grandmas, and mm -hmm. were able to, when she had needed the blood help before her surgery. And so, so many people were following her story mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and watching her 
go from the blood issue to the surgery to coming home and running around the hospital where I was trying to calm her down at two (laughs) days post-op too. So it was being able to share that glory with others that had been so invested in her uh, her plan and her story was really, really wonderful to be a part of. And I, I highly recommend bringing people into hard times, good times, because they want to share in life's blessings too. Mm. You know, that's that's kind of a theme through this whole whole interview that you and I've been talking. I'm just hearing so much about prayer and and in your life and the power of prayer and just connecting with God and hearing from him as he comforted you with his words and both of those difficult experiences. And I'm sure others that just relying on that and trusting, I know I was praying for your family and so many people were praying and, and then just watching God do his thing. And, and then to see Addie, you know, come on um, the videos that you would put on social media. It was just precious. So precious. So I do. Yes. I love the fact that you brought people in to praying for you and that we could see God's glory through that. It was really. Absolutely. It was, it's, I thank you for the prayers. It's just been amazing. And I know with preemies and with heart kids, they say that going through that battle really makes them fighters. And Mm. so She's a fighter, and I'm interested to see what she does. She's a feisty, mega athlete. She's always running and just so grateful for her energy and spirit. And I just thank God through the moments of of strong-willedness that she (laughs) has the opportunity to be that way. So Yes, yes. It is ironic, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It's so great. Um, Yeah, so... Knowing what you you know know now, is there anything that you would say to that Amy years ago as she was maybe going through um, whether it was your dad or your experience with Addie? Is there anything that you would say to encourage, or what would you encourage yourself with? I think I would give myself a hug or anyone a hug who's going through these challenges. It is one of the more difficult things to go through, I would allow myself grace to Mm -hmm. feel the emotions and allow Mm -hmm. God to be present through the anger that this is the, the current situation, the grieving of the, the emotions of feeling worried and sad and concerned and all of these things. So just allowing those and not trying to be strong in a situation, but allowing that the spectrum of emotions to be felt mm. with alongside God and community is very important. Mm. I would say a s- second thing is really to be in prayer, be listening for and, f- and then trying to be aware of stirrings in your heart as you're praying and that small, still voice that we're all listening for. I don't, I would love to hear it more but I have heard it in the really important times in life. Mm-hmm, clearly. Yeah. So I'm grateful. And I also, along that line, when going through times of suffering or, or, or challenges in life, 
I, I always tell people now, look for God, look for God's fingerprints, listen for his voice, because he is all around you right now. He's always all around you. But mm-hmm. the, I, I sometimes feel like the hold on the hug is stronger during those times mm-hmm. as he holds us up as we walk. So, so those, those three things, really, it would be the community, the, the prayer and listening for his voice and looking for him in all the small things as you're going through challenging times. That's so, so good. I mean, we all need those reminders. And and then I'm sure that now if you go, you know, you're struggling through something, you can look back and remember how God has taken you through those other times too. And that's really encouraging. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love how you talked about it's an area of growth for you guys to reach out and share your struggles. You know, I think that's such a common thing today is we want to put on, you know, especially as women, we want to put on this face like it's social media that everything's great and we can handle, you know, we're good. And and that's really not the way God intended us to live, right? So right. it's so good that you're learning to include others in your journey through prayer and uh, other ways. And just, just knowing that I love you use the word community and that's such an important word in mom Q that we're all about community and authentically sharing our struggles and our victories and coming around and surrounding each other through whatever the hard times and also celebrating the good times and so I celebrate with you that Addie is doing so well and God has healed her and made her this feisty, strong-willed person that is ready to just take the world on. Uh, that's a great celebration. And, um, and then I just encourage you and others as you're walking through anything difficult, don't isolate yourself. Don't feel like you're struggling alone. Like you said, God is there with you. He's surrounding you. You have He's put people in your life. Reach out and feel his love, right? Absolutely. Yes, yes. We're not meant to go through these things alone. And God can bless us through others with, with their hands and feet coming to the door with casseroles or hugs or tissues and a, and a shoulder to cry on. Take that opportunity and lean into that community. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, Amy, I really appreciate this. Uh, love, love your story and just watching you go through these things and, and um, just the woman that you've become. It's pretty amazing. So thank you, dear. I appreciate it so much. Thanks, and, Candace. Appreciate you. Yeah. Loved having you and we'll catch up again. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Have a good one.